Hello and welcome everyone to this week's Toy Olympics Weekly Update. I am uh, joined this week by uh, Wojciech Norkowski. Uh, hello everybody. And uh, we are here to recap the week in international sports. Not a lo- Well, there was a lot going on this week, but obviously that's been overshadowed by something we'll get into a bit later in the episode. But um, uh, today's probably going to be a little bit of a, of a, a quicker and maybe a little more of an emotional episode, so... Um, we hope that you can uh, understand why that is. We actually decided against postponing this episode, which was one of the ideas we considered, but we're going we're gonna to move on with it uh, anyways. So um, thank you uh, if you chose to listen today, because I can imagine everyone's kind of uh, taking the day differently today. And uh, I think just to keep things somewhat semi-normal today, we'll jump right into the first uh, topic. And I think it's going to be uh, Wojciech, you had something to talk about. Uh, yes, we uh, we just finished the uh, water polo European Championships in Budapest, and uh, well, yesterday the women's competition uh, finished with the victory of Spain uh, ahead of Russia. So uh, the world champions uh, became also the European champions, and uh, Russia got the Olympic qualification, uh, Olympic quota, while the hosts uh, defeated Netherlands uh, in the bronze medal games so it me- but it means that uh, both uh, Hungary and Netherlands will be the favorites but all but for the uh, quota in the final uh, intercontinental uh, olympic qualification tournament later on this week uh, i'm sorry this year uh, and uh, well uh, coming to the men's uh, competition we had uh, Hungary winning, so uh, I think it's their first goal since uh, since quite a few years, uh, which is quite surprising for the nation being so much into water polo as Hungary, also uh, having them host uh, the World Championships in 2017, also in Budapest, uh, in in another area when uh, when the Duna area, uh, the venue where now the Europeans were held, were taken by the swimmers and they went to the other uh, swimming pool in in Budapest. And uh, this time, uh, Spain was uh, the silver medalist uh, while they won the women's uh, event. So uh, s- since uh, they already got the quota from the World Championships, then uh, Hungary also gets the, the quota from the European Championships. And uh, uh, once more, we had uh, the bronze medalist and the fourth uh, team uh, without the quota so far. And these are Montenegro and Croatia, respectively. And they are also going to be the the main contenders for the final quotas. Um, I think that uh, the, the surprising thing is that uh, Montenegro became the, uh, the the best Balkan nation uh, uh, of the championships, with uh, with them defeating Croatia in the bronze medal game, as I said, and uh, also Serbia didn't get into the semifinals for the first time since well, also quite a, quite a long time. On the uh... On the topic of Montenegro there, I was actually, um, they've been strong in water polo for for a few years now. I mean, obviously now they're really showing their strength, but they've been strong for the last few years. And uh, I I think they qualified for the last Olympics, but obviously I I don't know that off the top of my head. But, um, you know, I was interested, I found it really interesting that they didn't add uh, water polo uh, when they hosted the games of the small states of Europe last year. um, Because uh, we saw Malta field a team at the 2015 European Games. And uh, I know that Luxembourg could put together a team, and Cyprus has fielded a team at European Championships before, so they had the required amount of, of nations. So I was a little bit uh, shocked, actually, that that was left off the program, because that would have been a really uh, easy gold medal uh, for the hosts and some that the uh, crowds there would have been a lot more familiar with than some of the other sports in the program. So 
just a little uh, interesting look back at last year. Uh, I thought I'd throw in there. Well, I think that it might it might have been too at uh, too easy gold for for <laughs> Montenegro. I think that uh, well, we we saw the Malta's results uh, at this championship, so I don't think that uh, the competition uh, of water polo with Montenegro against those nations you mentioned, like Luxembourg or Malta, with all the respect to, to them, I don't think that would be very attractive competition for for the fans to watch. So I think that was the main reason for that. I yes, also wanted. With the Vatican participating now, we, who knows? We could have seen the, the Pope's on a Speedo and go and play some polo. Yeah. It would have been a sight to see. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll quit joking and let you... Uh, <laughs> let you yeah. Uh, well, I was, uh, well, the other thing I wanted to mention about the Balkan uh, nations is that how, many, how much uh, the women's and men's water polo differs from each other. Of course, we know that uh, Russia and Netherlands are big... Uh, big nations in, in women's water polo, uh, but uh, we can see that Croatia and Serbia uh, are, are doing terribly well, uh, terribly bad in women's water polo, which are really strong nations in men's water polo and, and very uh, strong connected na- uh, nations to water polo. And then we saw Croatia and Serbia both losing uh, in the group phase uh, against Slovakia, which is, uh, also, which is not a very popular uh, country of 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 uh, water polo uh, we also saw them losing the the games in the in the later uh, phase of uh, of of the brackets uh, so yeah you can see how much uh, the women's and men's water polo differs and i wonder if that's going to be a uh, if they're going to be improving i mean croatia and serbia are going to be improving uh, their their women's uh, teams or will we have such a uh, the, those differences will be will be uh, on the same level as now or maybe even bigger. Yes, definitely uh, definitely something to watch there. Uh, that, is, that is an interesting split. A lot of time, I, I don't think it's super uncommon that we see um, a country be really good and really famous uh, in one gender of a sport, of a, especially a team sport, and then um, not always be the best in another one. But the, the difference there is very pronounced, especially regionally. So that's very... It's an interesting trend. So I, I uh, just like you, I kind of hope that we see the women's teams get a bit stronger there because uh, water polo obviously has a very strong following in the Balkans, probably where it's uh, most popular there in the Mediterranean. So um, very interesting to follow that. Um, uh, earlier, you talked about uh, obviously the the Olympic quotas that came out of the tournament, and I I just had a thought off my head. We had a, we had a few other quotas this week, so I just thought I'd I'd mention them really quick right now. Uh, obviously, in, uh, in sailing, we had the your three main North Americans get their quotas at the um, uh, World Cup in Miami. We had Mexico get a few, Canada get a few, and the United States get a few. Uh, obviously, they'd already had opportunities at the World Championships and at the Pan American Games to pick a few up. But uh, when they had missed those opportunities, they were given this last opportunity, and most of them capitalized. We also saw uh, Trinidad and Tobago get a quota. So huge congrats out to them, uh, beating, beating a large uh, fleet there going for the last uh, Pan American quote, I believe, in that event. So uh, huge congrats to Trinidad and Tobago for really uh, pulling that one out of the hat there. And um, we also had, uh, of course, uh, Egypt uh, win a handball quota uh, just today uh, on the men's side at the African Handball Championships. And um, we also had the European Handball Championships, and I believe uh, Spain won a quota out of that, but I, I haven't been following those results too much, so don't uh, qu- don't quote me on that one. Maybe you can provide some context for that one, Wojciech. 
Uh, yes, of course, uh, Spain won today's uh, the championship today, and of course, uh, the nation that was the world champion uh, was Denmark. So, of course, uh, Spain gets the quota with with that uh, with that victory. And okay, uh, uh, yes, and uh, this way they leave the uh, the place in the uh, in the Olympic qualification tournament. But I think we need to we will see that. Uh, I think that uh, the quota goes to uh, to Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. So, but I think we'll we'll have to wait for the confirmation of the of the international uh, Olympic uh, international intercontinental Olympic uh, qualification tournament squads. Yeah, and speaking of the of the Olympic qualification tournaments for handball, I really like uh, uh, when it comes to team sport qualification systems. Obviously, we've seen some 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 pretty bad ones. Almost almost wanted to use some curse words there because they're pretty they're pretty bad. Uh, this, this cycle, in my opinion, the, the majority of them, at least. Uh, but I really like the, the handball qualification. I think there's a few tweaks that could be made. But really, uh, to me right now, it seems like one of the better team sports qualification systems out there. Obviously, uh, you get your continental qualifiers. You get uh, your world champion uh, qualifiers um, from last year's world championships in 2018. And uh, we see uh, multiple opportunities for the best teams to qualify. And then, obviously, we have this tournament where the best non-qualified teams from all the regions uh, come together and participate, giving everyone uh, at least two chances at, at the top there of every region to qualify. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you have an opinion on that or uh, if you like the system or not, but I thought I'd give you uh, give you a chance to address that for yourself yeah. as well. Yeah, I think that handball, uh, among the team sports, of course, uh, handball has the most uh, precise uh, system, also considering the, the most precise way of the Olympic qualification Tournaments, even considering the fact that uh, they even give such a uh, such a rule about the Oceania that they don't really need to, and they uh, until they uh, uh, since they uh, introduced this rule that uh, Oceanian team has to be I think 13th or higher at the World Championships. So uh, since then, uh, so since Rio, uh, they uh, the Oceania didn't get into the. Uh, inter intercontinental uh, qualifications, and they don't have the spot guaranteed by the uh, through their uh, continental qualification. So maybe that's uh, that's the universal the universality uh, thing that maybe it's not uh, very very strong for handball, but we see quite a quite a strong uh, quite a strong roster of the of the uh, of the teams at the Olympics. Uh, for sure, the volleyball is the the most controversial thing, and it changes still and still. Well, this this time we had also had the situation when the confirmed qualification system was uh, changed, uh, of course with the IOC approval. So, but still, it was quite a controversial thing to to change the system into the way that, in fact, the uh, the international federation uh, could uh, some way cho choose the. Uh, the way of for the intercontinental uh, qualifications. Uh, I like I really like the field hockey system, although there is many things. That, the thing that uh, it is done with the uh, it's not uh, quite chronological. So uh, the quotas one at the one later um, give the uh, the opportunity to to the nations that in fact lost the uh, this time it was the uh, the the I mean the the pro league and the series open, uh, and so it mostly goes to ranking and uh, in the end it, it all it all uh, concentrates on ranking. But I think that that it's also quite clear one to follow. 
um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's quite a big topic to to compare different uh, Olympic qualification systems. Maybe that's uh, that's the discussion for for another opportunity. Yeah, this one back up because obviously we have some more stuff to cover today. But I'm I'm just more, of course, interested in the men's handball tournament since uh, if any of you don't know, I'll actually be uh, in Tokyo at the men's handball tournament. I believe I'm seeing the first two games of the of the tournament there, or at least that's why. Think I have tickets too, so I'm quite excited to see who I'll be seeing. So of course I'll be following uh, the qualification for that quite closely. Um, speaking of things that I follow uh, quite closely, we had the uh, Winter Axe Games in Aspen, Colorado this weekend. Uh, originally we were going to do a little bit of a different segment about this, but because of the next two things we're going to be covering, we're going to shorten it down. So I thought I'd just give out uh, a few shoutouts. Um, we saw Cora, uh, Clorette Castellet uh, win. Uh, gold for Spain and the uh, Super Pipe. And it's been a while since I've seen Spain um, win a gold medal at the X Games. So that was that was always nice to see. It's always good to see a new nation uh, get on the podium. Uh, obviously, my uh, my future wife, Kelly Soldaru, uh, <laughs> uh, won a gold medal in the Ski Half Pipe today. And hopefully, or yesterday, I mean. I believe she also won the uh, Ski Slope Style. So a good performance for her coming off for a gold medal at the Youth Olympic Games in Lusan uh, last week, of course. So uh, it's been a great week for Kelly. And uh, we saw, of course, the X Games hallmarks, um, uh, snow bike cross and snowmobile cross, which I believe is the only time those two sports are mainly televised in the U.S. And it's always fun to uh, catch those two. We also saw, of course, the continuation of a unique event uh, to the X Games where they put some of the able-bodied or some of the people from the elite um, uh, snowboard and free skiing events uh, and they pair them with a special Olympics, and remember that's for um, a mental impairment. And they um, they place them with a special Olympics partner, and then they do a parallel team slalom um, the day before the games really get going. And I always find that event uh, fun to watch. Of course, like most special Olympics events, it's all about participation and not really about the uh, results there. Though, though I do believe they uh, give medals for that, but it's always fun to see it. And we saw some, another repeat champion this year, so. Um, again, a great event by the uh, X Games organizers. And really, uh, these X Games have gone off without a hitch. And um, they've been quite exciting. So, uh, you know, if you haven't been to Aspen and you're uh, in the area or maybe you're thinking about something, an event to go to in your life that you've never seen, the X Games would be a good place to start. I grew up watching the X Games. So it's one of my uh, – it's kind of like my uh, – Wojciech ski jumping is my X Games, if that analogy makes sense. So – I always get excited this time of year when they roll around, though. I was a bit, uh, I was still kind of sick and tired from the, uh, from covering the yog so hard. So it was a bit hard for me to get into this year's kind of snuck up on me. But uh, next year, I'll definitely be getting excited because it'll be a good preview of what we can expect for the 2022 Winter Olympics when it comes to the freestyle events. And uh, moving on from that, uh, of course, uh, if you have been following the news, you know that we've had a bit of a a virus, a coronavirus uh, outbreak and issue. Uh, in China, and we are seeing sporting events canceled left and right and postponed uh, Olympic qualifications being moved all over the place. And I think I'll let uh, Wojciech take over here for a second so I can get my notes on this. Well, yes. Uh, well, for me, the, uh, of course, we know that uh, the virus is is spreading and uh, and it may and it causes uh, quite a quite a danger for um, for the people. And uh, of course, uh, the, the thing that, uh, for example, the uh, boxing uh, qualification uh, for Asia was moved from Wuhan in China to to Jordan. 
which I th don't think that changes a lot as uh, as the virus might uh, spread also in into that region. Uh, however, I'm I'm quite a, uh, maybe I'm less uh, uh, empathic to to that, but I'm quite skeptic about the about the virus and its uh, and its possibility of of, uh, of pandemia or whatever. Because you know we we had four years ago we had the Zika case in Brazil and it also caused uh, quite a lot of controversy in in the sports world ahead of ahead of the Rio Games and I don't think that uh, in the end we had some some Olympic diseases. Uh, and you know, I think that was all much a bigger panic than it uh, than it deserved. I don't say that this time it will be also this way, but you know, I'm that's why I'm quite skeptic. You know, I even remember some joke from the from our forum. I'm sorry, I don't remember who wrote that, but uh, I, I heard that uh, I read that uh, the gossip is uh, that uh, the the panic about the about the virus in China is spread by the by the golf players who need an excuse not to start in Tokyo games as it was <laughs> the main reason for the for them to to leave the Rio games uh, the Zika case you know in, I don't know how it looked in the US in uh, in last years but uh, I remember since I was like maybe 10 we had we are in Poland we had we are uh, scared of pandemia of swine flu bird flu Ebola you know all that uh, all that different uh, diseases that were coming from uh, God knows where and and in fact uh, it really didn't uh, didn't cause any any big uh, diseases here in Poland. Uh, yes, I think that maybe uh, some people in in the world are are under too much too big influence of the uh, of the movie uh, the Outbreak. I don't know if you know that movie with Dustin Hoffman and and Rene Russo and many many bigger stars and Morgan Freeman, Donald Sutherland, and so on. Uh, and uh, I think that this this movie uh, makes such a such a thing, such a panic about the about such a big epidemias and diseases. So uh, yeah, I think that's uh, you know quite a the thing about globalization and you know getting the too big too much information uh, that are really not uh, not all of them are really realistic. And I think that it might all end with uh, more security measures in the places that are somehow endangered more promotion of prevention of health prevention and uh, i think we still have time to to learn about that virus and maybe even to forget about it until the game start yes and of course the uh, this new uh, novel coronavirus uh, started in wuhan china which uh, international sports fans might be familiar with uh, amongst other reasons uh, because it recently hosted the 2019 uh, cism uh, World Military Games. So thankfully, uh, it wasn't a thing during those games because that would have been a huge, huge, huge major issue. Um, but uh, those games went off without a hitch there. Uh, China, of course, doing very, very well winning the medal table uh, of those games and making the home fans uh, very happy with their military. And um, we also saw the... Uh, um, we've seen a, a move of the AFC Women's Olympic Qualification Tournament from... Uh, from China now to Sydney, Australia. Uh, the Football uh, Federation of Australia stepping in to host uh, that event after or uh, after the AFC wanted it moved from China. So uh, kudos to the Aussies for getting that done, uh, even though they're doing, of course, with their own uh, issues in sports uh, because of the uh, wildfires that we've had down there. Um, of course, uh, we all see. Uh, we also, as you said, uh, you mentioned uh, the jokes. 
that we've seen about the diseases. I saw another good one today because obviously uh, most of you will, uh, most people remember we had the Zika before Rio uh, 2016. And then uh, I can't remember what we had, but I remember a bunch of the opening ceremony volunteers uh, in 2018 uh, got sick with some sort of viral disease. And now we have this one uh, in China that's starting the outbreak and that's had cases confirmed in Japan now too. And uh, someone said they they always know when the Olympics are around the corner because everyone starts to get sick, and I think that's a pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty. It's like the the hair bring, the hallbringer of the Olympics now is the uh, oh here comes the the viral outbreak. It must be time for the Olympics. So I guess if that's how you celebrate your Olympic countdown, uh, the countdown is upon us to <laughs> to Tokyo yeah. twenty twenty yeah. because there's a new viral disease being spread. Uh, of course, downplay the the seriousness of the disease because it has killed quite a few uh, a few people and that's why we're seeing the the tournaments moved um but of course it's just weird coincidences like this that we often pick up on and um well there's not really uh, a good segment to the next part of the episode today uh i i think i'll i'll lead into it here um so for those of you that have somehow have missed news today uh, Kobe Bryant, the uh, double Olympic gold medalist from the United States in the sport of basketball, the multiple-time National Basketball Association, or otherwise known as NBA uh, champion, uh, and the Oscar-winning uh, fil- short film, uh, short animated film uh, maker, uh, passed after a uh, helicopter crash today in Calabasas, uh, Southern California. Uh, of course, this hits very close to home for me. I grew up. Uh, like almost every kid in the LA area, uh, watching uh, Kobe on TV. Um, I'm gonna let you take over here for a second. Uh, which okay. Uh, well, well, of course, uh, here in Poland, uh, maybe the NBA is also very popular, and uh, we of course know who who Kobe Bryant was, and uh, of course not so close to you. Maybe you were uh, you had the opportunity, much bigger opportunity to. To follow uh, Lakers, also very uh, very symbolic thing for uh, for Kobe. He was uh, quite devoted to Lakers. He was th- this was his uh, one and only club he he played in. And uh, you know that uh, I remember as a very young kid watching uh, the, um, the the NBA games uh, even in the night when it was broadcasted even not in Polish TV, but in, in the German sport TV, which uh, which I had opportunity to watch then. And uh, yes, well, Kaby Brandt was quite a big legend also uh, for many, many years, for almost two decades. And uh, well, for me, in fact, well, I'm not very into, into basketball, into NBA, but, you know, for me, the, the biggest uh, respect to pay for the to uh, to the uh, to the NBA player is is that after his retirement also his number is retired by by the club and the significant thing about uh, about Kobe was the fact that he had two numbers in Lakers he had eight and twenty four and both of them are are retired numbers uh, so I don't think there is many players that have two numbers retired uh, for one club. No, there, there definitely isn't. It's a special thing. Um, you, you alluded to the fact that obviously I was much more familiar with Kobe Bryant. I, I grew up just outside of LA. I, I live uh, very close to, to LA. I live in Southern California, um, and uh, obviously the news uh, hit me very hard today. I was telling people on our forum that actually you were the one that informed me because I was, I was doing some uh, archival work for, for results, and uh, I had had my head out of the internet for about a good half the day and course you tagged me and it's just been a pretty 
uh, a pretty sad day since. Uh, one of the things that people didn't know or that people often forget about Kobe Bryant is like the dude was a genius. Um, he spoke fluent Italian as well as a few other languages. I, I, I know Spanish and English, but I think he spoke one other language. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, obviously, he wrote uh, the poem Dear Basketball, uh, and he then made it into a short animated film that won him an Oscar uh, in 2018. Uh, I was just watching the, that film before the episode just to reminisce about Kobe a little bit. And um, it is quite an amazing film. Uh, of course, uh, he was actually, I, I heard on our on our local news that he'd been working on uh, establishing himself a, a film studio to keep making uh, maybe some short animated sports films like that. So it really is, of course, tragic to lose him in this way. I, I believe also, um, I think it was confirmed that his 13-year-old daughter also passed in the crash. Uh, I think they were flying on her way on their way to her game or her practice or something. So of course that's just even more tragic uh, than losing Kobe is also losing one of his, his family members. Uh, of course, one of the last viral videos uh, we saw of Kobe Bryant was him kind of uh, showing his daughter the game when they had a, at an NBA game, the camera pans at the sideline to show Kobe. And he was, you could tell that he was like explaining the mechanics of the game to his daughter. And it was just uh, cool to see him having fun like that because a lot of these athletes, after they retire, they don't stick around or, they just don't enjoy the game as much as they used to as when they played it. But he was someone that really enjoyed the game. Uh, he really was a Renaissance man. He was very well learned. Uh, it's something that we don't focus on a lot of international athletes about, but he was, he was really, uh, of course, as I, I, I just got to keep stressing it. He was uh, well learned. Uh, he was very intelligent, uh, hard worker. You know, he just, he has the record for most ever minutes played uh, in the NBA because that's just how much he cared about the game. And uh, someone else, uh, I, I don't remember the name, so I'm sorry I can't give credit, on our on our national news was talking about how he was an entertainer. He just had such a good brand. He knew what it meant to people to see him out there. So he came out every day to perform to people, even when he was sick or when he was just, you know, down in the weather. And it's, of course, it's just it's just tragic, really. I, I, it's hard for me to describe because I'm, I'm honestly holding back tears right now. But um, like, like most other people in my area. But... Um, it, it obviously hit us all hard today. Of course, it's the Olympic community hard because he won two gold medals. I'm sure that's not the, again, that's not one of the bigger things people remember him for. But as a fan, mostly of international sports, of course, that's how uh, I choose to remember him as a, as a double Olympic gold medalist and uh, movie winner. So, or Oscar winner, I mean. So, um, and actually he, he uh, in his, in his film, he features himself in the USA basketball jersey, just showing how much, um, participating in those Olympics actually meant to him because sometimes NBA players will downplay uh, their participation in events like that. But uh, obviously, it, it, it meant a lot to him. It meant enough to it, for it to him uh, for him, <laughs> excuse me, to feature it uh, in his in his short film, Dear Basketball, which I do encourage people to watch if they haven't seen it. Um, I don't know if there's anything else uh, you want to say about it, but I think I've. I've yeah. I've said majority what I wanted to and I've said my piece with it at least. Yeah, I just I just think about uh, well maybe I think for in honor of of Kobe Bryant we will finish the episode with with his favorite number with 24 seconds of silence. 